Good evening, listeners, and welcome to episode 66. You'll find it strange, because by the hobby desk, I've forgotten that. Um, but anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Tonight we go... Ben, hello. Sorry, Hi, Ben. Mate. Hello. Hello. Ben is hello. chilling out in the uh, mess hall of the... Uh, U- is it UNSC? Is that the... Uh, yes, I think so. Nostromo. US... USMC? Anyway, the cool ship from Aliens. Is it Aliens or Alien? Alien. Alien. It's the the Sulaco in Aliens. Oh, that's right. Anyway, long intro now. So, Hobby Desk. We talk about our hobby. (laughs) Then we go to the Galaxy of War. So we've had a preview. Um, Not us specifically, everyone. So I had a preview of some new stuff coming out. So we talk about that and we do the same in the Mortal Realms. Into the community, usual ramblings and awesomeness. And the wilds where we've got some stuff that we actually talk about rather than just do filler. It's great. So do hold on or skip forward if you have a In our defence, it's been like a good 20 episodes since we had filler in wilds. We have. Yeah, but by that point, I'm not really listening to you. So I don't remember that. Right. Fair enough. Hope you choke on your tea. Hope it's gone cold before you come to drink it, and I hope your paintbrushes are fluffy every time you come to use them. Oh, mean. Guys, grab some refreshments. Pay no attention to them. We'll see you (laughs) on the hobby desk. Hi guys, and welcome to episode 66's Hobby Desk. It is 66. Wow. I know. Wow. The two sixes. What's that? Two fat ducks or something? I don't know. It's just the anticipation before 69 to me. But there we go. Excellent. So um, it's been a bit of a funny couple of weeks for me. I've... um, I haven't actually finished many things. I haven't, um, what I've been trying to do for the last, um, or since Christmas, is, is to finish something once a week, just to have something finished. Um, mm-hmm. But this last week, couple of weeks, I've, I've kind of, I've been, well, we had Mother's Day and spent the whole day on Mother's Day with Joe. Um, but I've been mainly working on hobby wise getting that batch finished mm-hmm. so pushing my way towards that so i've got loads of like big steps done so yellow is finished transfers are done um the browns are finished um the grays are finished so like the stone things um pretty much the fur is done as well the reds are done um all that really needs doing is their faces and then the final highlight on the the red armor and yellow so the blue armor or blue gray armor um and the yellow so not too far to go then no really not i think um i'm almost at that stage where i tend to break a unit off finish them go into the next unit finish them go into the next unit finish them 
Um, I think I'm almost at that point. That's uh, cool. Really happy with how the bikers came out. So I, I really wanted with the bikers to try and treat the bike almost like a background. I know that might sound odd. So I, I'm not intending to put too many edge highlights on there or, you know, anything sort of super detailed. I do like the little control panel. I quite like doing a scanner thing on that. Yeah. On the bit. Um, and, and worked in with, with a little sponge. So I've, I've always used for sponging work, uh, like just torn up bits of blister packs. But because Games Workshop don't do blister packs anymore, I'm kind of running out. <laughs> oh, do you know? I So I, I, I had... Um... <laughs> I had a similar thing and then in the end I got hold of a load of I, I bought a carry case for something and I had loads of the pick and pluck stuff in it. Yeah. All so right, I've yeah. just got a bag full of that now. Oh right. That's that's quite well. I, I found these. So I had a little Google search around what people use. They're they're um they're like little makeup applicators. It seems quite a common thing. What place to find hobby yeah. tools, isn't it? Yeah, I and um, say. It's like it's basically a little sponge on a stick. Um, this one's double ended. I uh, like sponge on a stick, but it's more more like the cake pop style sponge on a stick. I go for Victoria sponge on a what on the end of a broom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I found that really good, Dan. What I Did liked you? about it was this. Yeah, what I liked about it was that I could sort of get into places that I couldn't normally do with the. Did sponge. you still did you still get like the broken effect? Yeah. Oh. Ah. really well. That's cool. That's, yeah, it's it's a bit kind of finer, I suppose, a little bit. But um yeah, I was really happy with that. So I did that along a lot of the edges on the bike, because I really want the bikes to look like they're they've been out riding for a long time. Mm. You know, they're they're kind of uh, they've, they've so I've got I've mod I saved up all of the sort of he used to get, I don't know if he's still doing, I don't know what box set you get it in, but there's like an ammunition box with a roll, um, a bed roll attached oh, yeah. to it that can go on the back. So I saved up five of them to go on them. I think so you they, got that on the Scouts. I think you're right. The Space of the Scout Bikers. I think you're right. I've got, I got five of them. So um, I put them on, on one of each. So so yeah, they're, they're quite close. Now. Oh, I've done the bone on them all as well. So really, really, there is very little left to do. Um, so I'm quite excited about that. I'm so excited that I started looking at other things, the next project. So I think I'm probably going to be doing a big blob of intercessors and um, like the Phobos armor ones. Yeah. So maybe sort of 40 of those, get them all sort of done as a batch and then start picking them off. Because 40 seems to be about the maximum I can tolerate without getting a bit overwhelmed or bored. Um, and I picked up the bits or the boxes to make six more Thunderwolves. And um, and I don't know why, but for some reason, the Bloodclaw box is the same price as the Greyhunter box. I don't want to say it out loud on <laughs> In case they change it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you get five more models in it, which is two with, with the same sprues. Yeah, so you get six sprues rather than four. 
which is madness. <laughs> so I ordered that. I'm thinking that maybe there was some kind of, I don't know, sneak in there that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't expecting. But no, it is. I got you get six of the space wolves. So the space wolf sprue is sort of one big one where you can fold it in half and break it in half, right? So you get you get three of the full space wolf screws, which will make five wolf guard effectively. So there's enough in there in the blood claw pack if anyone's interested to make fifteen wolf guard, let alone fifteen blood claws. Um, <laughs> So I'm going to turn five of them into... I got the upgrade sprue again, because I, I don't... I got picked that up intermittently just because I love the shoulder pads on it. The original one, the Astartes one, rather than the Primaris one. Uh, and I'm going to do... And I got, yeah, and I picked up five jump packs, which come on the most massive sprues that is, yeah, ever. Yeah, hilarious. And, and came in, like, a bag-for-life-sized bag. <laughs> it's just ginormous. It's like, really? Gotta love it. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got five of them, and I'm going to make five jump wolf guard with jump packs. And I'm I'm tossing up between, they're all going to have storm shields, and I'm probably going to, I'm probably going to cut like round Viking shields, like round shields. Right. Using probably a 32 mil base or a 25, probably a 25 mil base, to be honest. Yeah, probably a 25 mil base. And uh, and then plank it. Green stuff like the the metal trim on and the the boss. Uh, and um and so have you know have them with those. Uh, and then I'm t- I'm trying to work out whether I want to do power fists, lightning claw, or thunder hammer. Um to the extent that I'm actually considering buying magnets so i can do either you look perplexed i'll tell you why in a minute but i think that magnets hmm because i want them to be used as a as a kind of almost like a scalpel unit so i you know i need something destroyed so i i could i can jump them in get them where they need to go do the damage whether it's to a vehicle or a unit of toughies and then go out. But I just love the idea of a unit of jump pack wolf guard who's who get given like the difficult missions. They're like, and they're gonna be the the, the my um my firstborn version of the Skullbjorn, so the shield wall. So they're gonna be like the ones where Ragnar's like, that needs to die, and they're like, Yes, Lord. Bosh. <laughs> so <laughs> so um I had actually thought. And this this might be the best idea I've ever had, and it might be the worst. But I had actually thought, <laughs> I had actually thought of giving them spears, and then you could use them as counts as, so power spears that could either count as power fists, count as lightning claws, or count as thunder hammers, depending on what game I was playing. Because no one can argue that they have to be power spears because there's no such thing. That's true. Although they used. True. What edition was it? I think it was 5th edition where they had the cool rule where it was just called a power weapon. That's right. And all power weapons had the same stat line. And yeah. that's when I did my Iron Snakes and I did a, gave a bunch of my Iron Snakes power spears because I love, I love, love the idea of like like a power spear. I still say even now when people, when if, if someone says to me, what's your most memorable thing about your snakes? 
it's those dudes with the power spears with the because it's like the power sword isn't it but on the end of a that's right pole, yeah. and i love it i think it's great big nice long long bladed spear yeah love a long bladed spear because you know long bladed spears were probably used for cutting as much as they were for for stabbing and i love the idea that there's there's more of a skill you, you see them they'd be spinning them around and you know and making space around them with it rather than just the stand on the shield wall and you know stabbing forward which is what most spears were for or keep people away and then you know stand in line and stab but when you get the long long bladed spear there's some great ones in the london museum viking age ones and they're about as long as your forearm you know they would properly impale someone and <laughs> i um might model it so you know for, for thinking of like a viking age spear for for my space walls i thought they would be quite cool but um i was gonna try and have a go at sculpting them digitally and then getting you to print them actually but um I should we should see start printing some of the myriad of other things that you've purchased <laughs> yeah please <laughs> um so yeah other that's pretty much it painting and hobby wise um the other bit of hobby that i've done is so far this weekend i've been insulating my hobby room my shed out there. oh yeah yeah so because of lockdown it's been quite difficult to get on and do that um why you locked down out of your own shed <laughs> no a lot of the companies i know I've, strugg I've struggled to get the stuff delivered. and um, But then I was going through it during in the middle of the week and realised I could get I could get the um, the wood for the stud wall in and the, um, and the insulation from home base just down the road. <laughs> I could have been doing it for months, but, but don't tell Joe that. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. good. That's, that's me. Yeah. Um, so... I have been, I've done a couple of things. So when we last uh, recorded with Val Bjorn, I was working on the Rebel upgrade pack. So the, the four different alien type dudes for Legion. So they, they're done, um, finished them off. Again, keeping it real basic with uh, contrast paint um, and just, you know, a, a nice coat of varnish, decent looking base done. Um, Stormtroopers as well. So I did the Stormtrooper upgrade pack, upgrade pack. Mm. Um, exactly the same deal, really simple, white and black, basically. But the great thing is they're Stormtroopers. <laughs> they look like Stormtroopers, you know. You can't, you wouldn't look at them and think they were anything else, to be honest. So um, I think there's a risk with those models, to be honest, of, of just overdoing it. You could easily overdo it. You don't need to. So, um, so they're done. Um, uh, and then I've been working on my Nurgle again, and I'm really, I've, I've been, yeah, I know. I've been really struggling to be honest because there's quite a lot going on on them, and I sort of got myself in this place where I was like, oh yeah, I've got a really quick way of painting them, but they're they're still not quick because there's a lot to go. There's a lot to do. Um, and also there's a real fine line between weathering slash kind of nerdly bleh, and looking rubbish. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, I've 
I kind of struggled there a bit. I've I've seemed to have made a bit of headway now. Broken the back. I've I've sort of finished one apart from his base. So I'm working on their bases now. That's a good um, trick of yours. I always like that. That doing the base sort of halfway through. Yeah, I mean it's easier with these guys because they don't stand on their base. Like I build the bases separate and put the two together. But I think the base is such like it's that bit that like you think you finished and then it's like oh damn it I've still got to do the base. So if you get yeah. the base done early, then when you think you've finished, you've actually finished. So so I do like to do it that way. Um, so yeah, we've been doing those. So that's uh, five uh, blight kings and a. Uh, lord of affliction so that's like the hero one mm. um so they were supposed to be done last month as last month's quest so i'm hoping i'm hoping this month this month we decided that we would do a hero and catch up so this counts basically because the last month was supposed to be the blight kings and then the hero for this month so then i'll be caught back up with my mighty uh 12 models <laughs> Because of mine, because it's the size of the army, um, and then I'm thinking probably some plague bearers. Yeah, um, they should be quite quick. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Are you uh, going to contrast them? Yeah, yeah. So plague bearer flesh is the kind of <laughs> color that I use for all the demons anyway to try and keep them vibrant. Yeah, um, fairly vibrant. So I'll um, I'll probably uh, spray them brown, and then use a can of something lighter like um e e probably not well either gray seer or the other one wraith bone and go over the top and then i'll use an airbrush to like zenith with white to bring it like some spot zenith of white then put the plague bearer flesh on and then go in and pick out like the sores and shit like that probably in um i'll probably use something like a very light flesh color for that like uh flayed one flesh or something just to pick out all the sores and then i can just go in and glaze over them in like the yellows and yeah and pinks and stuff so they should be quick so i'm tempted to just go in and go with like 30 just do 30 in one big go um which would be a nice I think that's a good idea yeah it'd be a nice chunky ad wouldn't it so so that would be good um are you and thinking then... of shoving in sorry to interrupt you buddy but are you thinking of shoving in a bit of variety with the plague bearers that that you could paint in a similar way, like some nurgling bases or or, or like um, the nurgle hound thing, is it? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I will do. I will do in time. Yeah, I'll gradually grow into like a. But you're a not going to do them in the same batch. No, I don't think so. No, um, no, because to be honest, a couple of reasons. The main one being that thirty plague bearers is like. I don't know even from a discount place you're going to be looking at nearly 40 quid i don't i don't really have the budget to go buy much more than that it's not like my corn where i had them all already so yeah it's just kind of buying them as i go so um yeah so so that's cool they're coming along they'll be done soon hopefully um i did also buy uh, a tank for legion the TX-225 Occupier Combat Assault Tank, um, which is pretty cool. And that's um, 
that's really interesting because it comes partially assembled. The hull is like assembled, which I've not that, seen that before. That was weird, actually. Good though, getting the bulk sort of already assembled for you. Yeah. Unless it's badly assembled, and then I get a bit upset. No, it's not particularly badly assembled. It's just two parts, but they've just sort of fused them together, which is cool. Um, and then I got some Wookiees and Chewbacca, so that I haven't started them yet because I'm I'm really trying to focus down and get these Nurgle done. That would be a good one for something like Wildwood, wouldn't they? Contrast, just like, yeah. They won't take long. <laughs> Are you going to do them? That's actually quite cool. You could do them... In a mixture of the different browns, couldn't you? Yeah, I will. I think um, I want to do them slightly different, but not not like completely different because all the Wookiees were quite a similar tone. Mm. Um, you do get different. I would be. I'd consider just getting the range of browns and just doing one of each color. <laughs> I would that. honestly. All right, maybe I suppose I could do that. I'll have a think about it. But um yeah, so I'll do those. They won't take long. Um it's quite unusual actually. The the last load of Legion, every time I've bought Legion stuff, it's kind of pushed everything out to the side so that I can crack on with it. But I'm really trying to get these Nurgle done. And then um on the horizon, and something I've just found on uh on the Tinterwebs is um a conversion chart, really good conversion chart that I will link you later for um all the different paint ranges to each one to oh, each yeah. other so it's an excel file and it's got tabs down the bottom and then you just select the tab for the range you want that you, you you know your starting point and then it just follows across and it goes right so this color you know say you're looking at vallejo model color and then it goes right what's the equivalent in p3 what's the equivalent in reaper what's the equivalent in code to arms what's the equivalent in citadel um so the reason for that uh will come on to later in the wilds in more depth if uh, unless you um have anything else to talk about in the wilds but fundamentally i've been looking at world war ii and um i can't mm. help myself i'm just really tom's really up for doing some and i've i've wanted to do some for ages um and this year is the year of eclectic random this week i'm collecting this so I'm thinking Flames of War, but we'll we'll save that to the wilds because I want to talk about like um, different choices around scale and manufacturers and yeah, just yeah. trying to sort of work out what on earth you want to do. But we'll yeah. cover that off. Um, we'll cover that off then. I don't think there's anything else particularly. There's no like. No, that's about it. I haven't done loads because I've been shattered. <laughs> So it's been a bit of a a hobby tumbleweed for a couple of weeks, but done a little oh, bit. Sounds like you got enough done. Yeah, yeah, I'm having a go. I'm having a go. I tidied up the desk because obviously I always do that, but I had to because because I needed to set up the podcast stuff and there was just stuff everywhere. I uh, I didn't. I put my hand on the desk and very carefully slid everything across to one side, so, <laughs> <laughs> so p- people would probably um. Would probably slap me if they saw the state of it at the moment. But... <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's productive. It's productive. Right. With that, then, um, I'm quite excited to get into the Galaxy of War because we've got we've had a cool reveal, so we've got stuff to talk about, like burning yeah. stuff. 
it's uh, it's quite nice that Games Workshop responded to our request to do their previews the the day before we uh, record the podcast. I know the power we wield. <laughs> <laughs> or do you know what? Actually, I did hear rumor that they um they deliberately lined it up. But, you know, they just thought it would have the biggest impact if people were on the internet to listen to the peas. Um, okay. you know doesn't work because we release on a different day and i've only just remembered that but no oh well i tried uh, it has shall we move on yeah it's for yeah. me okay. all right listeners welcome to the galaxy of war where we're going to be riding squigs. Yeah, we are. <laughs> was that supposed to be your Cockney accent? It was like Cockney with a slash, uh, like a, a, a touch of Australian caught in yeah. there at one point, and then an, a shocking attempt to be an orc. But hey ho, <laughs> as long as somebody laughs, I, it's made it for me. It's made it for me. So um, that's why they don't employ me to do those Games Workshop videos be shocking it would yeah so dude i we let's start with the snake bite orcs let's do it hang on let me scroll down to the snake bite hall so (laughs) god there's a long way down this is a big preview Uh, yes snake bite orcs riding squigs who saw that come in and ironically i was just the other day talking to marcus about how anachronism has always been a huge part of 40k always has done and i the first unit that my brother bought after the snake after the starters kit was snake by orcs on yeah. their ball boys because they just looked so cool yeah so the one of the first so uh, the first sort of games which models i ever had was a plastic bag of orc models that i was given um, yeah. And in there, the biggest model in there was an orc riding a boar. Yeah. And it was like, I can remember me and Mike, and it was like, who got the orc riding the boar? You know, it's yeah. exciting. Um, so, yeah, it's fond, fond memories of, of that. So for those that don't know, you probably all do, but snake bites are like the, <laughs> the less cultured orcs. <laughs> the but, less technologically advanced. Less, less technologically <laughs> advanced. So, um you can, you know, you're going to see loads of different beasties. I'd love to see a plastic squig off. Oh, wow. Off. That would be insane. Yeah, it would. I, I that love would the, be insane. It's cool that they've gone with the um, the sort of squig idea. Um, I'll be interested to see if there's any non-squig beasties in there. as like a throwback to what was. I'm not expecting there will be, but... Um, yeah, a squig pig is the best thing I've seen. It's like a yeah. squig pig boar thing. <laughs> it is. I think. Um, I think it really makes me hopeful for for them opening the door on those on those slightly obscure parts of the races again. So things like the Eldar um, Exodites. Exodites. Yeah, that we, we saw. Be... To be fair, the Gene Stealer cults were like a a really tiny sideline weren't they and then they burst into being an army so this is just brilliant to see and um i what i I just want to 
I'm just excited to see what different beasties they go for. Do you think it's going to be like an expansion on the Orc range, or do you think it will stand alone and have loads of new stuff? That's a tough one, isn't it? I, I think it'll be an expansion. Only yeah. because only because they could quite easily have done Speed Freaks as a standalone um, mm, mm. Uh, book, and they didn't do that. So I think you're just going to end up with a, with an Orc book that's the same size as a Space Marine book. <laughs> yeah. You know, with just like massive number of options, and that's that's what um, it's very orky. It is exactly that's about what I was, you know I was about to say. When you the best Orc armies are the ones where they're there is a massive variety. You know, all of the different orc tribes and all the different orc groups have come together and, you know, a war boss has managed to somehow get them all to listen to them. And, but they don't all do things in the same way. They do things in a different way. And, um, you know, it's not possible for Games Workshop to make 20 different versions of, of Storm Boys, for example. But having things like the Squig Riders and the Storm Boys and the, and the Speed Freaks and the you know, different the, uh, clans going on, and the, and the knobs and their big suits of armor. You know, I just think that's going to look it's going to look superb on the table. Do you know what I'd love to see is um, you remember the second edition orc codex? They had those like cream colored orc fort building things. It would yeah. be great if they did a couple of them, but like sort of a bit more up to date methods, you know, but uh, in homage to the snake bites. Yes, absolutely. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. It really would. One of the things I've, I've always wanted them to redo was there was a range of orc models that I just desperately wanted when I was a kid. Um, and in fact, I, I tried to convert a bunch of them um, myself. It didn't go very well, but it was like the Mad Docs um, experiment orcs. So there was like orcs yes, with, yeah. with um, monocycle wheels yes. and telescopic legs. And were, they, were they in Gorkamorka? No, they were way before that. They were, oh, they were wow. like second edition stuff. They were real, really early. It was, it was, it was like a bunch of injured orcs had just had random bits of text stuck onto them, and it was great, real great. In fact, I'll, I'll dig out the photos of the models and post them on our on our social media because they really were special, and um, and I'd love to see them reimagined. Yeah, that would be ace. So, other cool things. I just found a picture of the mono wheel orc because I thought it'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, other cool things. So, uh, blah, 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 blah. what else was in the Oh, Mechanicum. Yep. So, we're getting the Mechanicum book, and they've done a lovely Scutari um, like commander. Yeah, I love that they've done that because they. I think it really fits so that you don't have to go Magos, you know. You, yeah, a lot of fiction's got the sort of next level up as well, commanders. And they're they're real bad. I love the Skatari in some of the books. Some of them they just kind of come across as a bit like chattel, but um, particularly Titanicus really sold them for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know we've spoken to this about this before, but there is a great scene where the Magos is like, "What are our chances of survival?" And the the sergeant's like. 6.2%, percent <laughs> um, but rises to 6.8 something something percent if if um, such and such uses his grenade launcher. Yes. It's, it's really cool. And yeah. I just love their, that idea that, 
they're they're fearless troops. They will, you know, they fight around the the legs of titans. You know, so even their own allies, shell casings, will be killing them. Um, and yet they're so advanced as a military unit in some ways. They, you know, they're as almost robotic in how they fight into the precision. So I love that they've got a commander. It means you now you can have like a like a full Skatarii kind of army. Yeah, absolutely. I um they've obviously getting a codex yep, and to bring everything together. So it's gonna be a monster, isn't it? Yeah it is. Yeah it is. And it's because there's been a lot of changes for the lots of bits and bobs. So like the the Omnithopter. Um yeah, I love that thing. I do. It's real. It's really June. I love mm. it. I <laughs> love it a lot. Yeah, it's really good. Really um, good. It's it's funny when people like this because a lot of people didn't like that. But as soon as I saw it, I was like, "That is straight out of June. That is just so so back to where they were getting their original inspirations from." So yeah, love it. Yeah. So their their, their book is going to be massive, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. And then <laughs> this this is a battle. I've got like their own holy predator type thing. I didn't see that coming at all. Well, the only reason I thought they would get something is because there was a picture the other day of like a silhouette with a fleur, fleur de lay in it. Um, mm. But I didn't think it would be this. It's um, it's actually got more guns than the predator. It's got a front mounted stor- uh, heavy bolter. Yeah, it's got heavy bolter on the front as well, hasn't it? So that's pretty cool. Getting them coffee delivered there. Lovely job, Lee. Black as that predator, this coffee. Um, I uh, I like the turret. It's not actually called a predator. I don't. Uh, it's what's it called? Castigator. I like the turret better than the predator turret. Bit more um, meat on it. Yeah, it's um, it's cool. It's quite different. I see it. It looks a bit more military-ish than the other two. I mean, to be fair, one of them's got a stained glass window and the other's got an organ on the back. So it would would have to go some not to, wouldn't it? Yeah. I'm surprised. Mind you, they've got all the little relics and stuff. I'm surprised they didn't go for some, like, ridiculously oversized sort of shrine with a saint dead in it or something on the top. But it's... um... (laughs) They can't have too many dead saints. No, that's true. There'd be no one left to fight. Would there? No. <laughs> that, that is true. But yeah, it's cool. It's nice. And it's good to see them still dropping out bits for the sisters. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Because you've only just, we've only just had, I think, is it gone on pre-order? Yeah. Piety and Pain. With the yeah. new, like, little leader woman in it. That's a massive, like, that's one of those boxes where, in most boxes... You're like, yeah, those two forces would, would be evenly matched. And possibly those two forces would be evenly matched in that box, but the two leaders are not evenly matched even remotely. That dark elder is just gonna just gonna <laughs> wrap her in a ball and throw her in the bin. Is it a new, is that is that the new Lilith Hesper? <laughs> it is. It is, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, who are you? <laughs> Gone. Yeah. Bring, bring me the next one. Poor lamb. Anyway. <laughs> So it's um, a good box fine. Yeah. Continuing our sort of backwards run through the preview today, I've realized. Yeah. Um, so we we have to talk about the redemptionists, man. 
They're yes. They're they're banging, aren't they? They they're are just... absolutely superb. And I love that they are in the House of Faith. So um that's so Cordor is the gang I have and I've painted. Um so are the redemptionists just like psychotic Cordor then? They're like <laughs> Cordor radicals. <laughs> essentially so um, radical you, radicals radical <laughs> radicals yeah but it's really interesting like they're they're so destructive with mm. their faith like they're completely they just because they believe that they are completely governed by the emperor they don't like take any stock from the law or anything like that they're just they're just absolutely insane um i used to collect redemptionists that was that was my second gang redemptionists you you can add them as like um part of a cordor gang. Um, oh, like what one or two gang members? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and good, and this is the cool great. thing. You can start a campaign as Cordor, and then some of the gang members might like go off and become redemptionists. Oh wow. How good is that? That's that sweet. Is isn't it? Really good. So that's that's pretty sweet. And then um, or you can have them as a standalone gang. Yeah. as well so that's that's another option um i saw i oh, did you see me i posted it in the little thing i um in our little group i just eddie on the stream said the funniest thing he just had me chuckling for ages uh yeah he said the redemptionist way of war is let's get into trouble set it on fire and put a chainsaw through it <laughs> which is just so good so yeah i i'm I'm chuffed to see them, and and like I say, the House of House of Faith because that's got a gap on the wall, and then there's only the House of Shadows mm. left to go. Do you think you, yeah, we might see some? No, I'm really I'm really excited to see the Spire. Yeah, but um, they probably won't work. What were they, were they called? The Spire. You know the super advanced yeah, ones. Yeah, the the, yeah, suits, course, the different yeah. suits. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think I think the redemptionist models are super. I think I think that you could you could tempt me into using them as like a guard unit attached to Sisters of Battle. Do you know, you know like, I was and my next thing I was going to say to you was, wouldn't they make Ace like what was they what were they called Fratis Militia? Yeah, something Cause, like that. Because yeah. it's all so dodgy because the Ecclesiarchy aren't allowed men under arms. So they have women under arms. <laughs> and then they have the Fratus militia, which are just like, well, we can't we can't stop them following us, you know. They, they may look like an army, but they are just hangers on. <laughs> the group groupies with guns and flamethrowers. With an arsenal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's some mad that guy's what he is rocking some crazy hairstyle. Yeah. And then then actually is sort of quite surprisingly they are i suppose because they want to get rid of or stop selling the um dark uprising box because dark uprising is a bit expensive for a starters kit if we're being honest with ourselves mm-hmm. um they've they've produced a new starters kit which i have to say i don't know what the price is going to be i'm hoping it's going to be around 100 quid it looks like a 95 pound box to me it does the the scenery on the on the board layout looks awful. I don't think the board is big enough. Is my feeling. no no. So that is a very small size, isn't it? I th- I think that they could they'd have done better 
having a slightly larger board and more sparse scenery personally i don't know when i saw the picture it, that really struck me i was like that that's so small for for two 10-man gangs to be fighting over not really keen anyway so um but the box set is i think it's a great idea to bring in a a a, a starters box set that's going to be around a better price so somewhere between 75 and 100 quid to get give people it's interesting because that board it's tiny yeah so it doesn't even look it's i i'm surprised they didn't go for like a kill team size board well i would have i would have expected and i have tried to count the squares and i I don't think it is i think it's one and a half zone mortalis sections is what I think it is. I, I would have thought minimum that you'd go for two zone mortalis sections. Yeah. It's, it's probably it's, very it's frustrating not two, going three, to be zone mortalis size either. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Eight by ten. So it's 16 inches by 20 inches. That's quite yeah. small, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Um, one thing I was surprised by is that they put Dilac and Escher in it because if you bought the original box you're going to have the escher gang and the goliaths yeah so now when this one comes along you you know i i just would have thought they'd have put one of the others in to be honest but i mean escher are cool so and i suppose also like they're quite often the poster girls aren't they and they're girls as well i suppose so that you know it's it's good to kind of appeal to more yeah. people by having the girls in there as well as as you know if you want to be shady and weird you've got the delac and if you're a girl you've got the escher <laughs> yeah. so on the whole appeal thing um i think it's i think you're right there i think if they'd um if they'd put something like for example orlocks orlocks or van Sar in there i'd probably got it mm. just because i don't have either of those gangs and it would probably be cheaper yeah but Good to see another starter box because that means, well, not that you doubt that the game's got some life in it when you see all the stuff they're bringing out, but it's nice to have another starter box there. Yeah. You know, quite clearly a stamp saying this game's here to stay. I mean, it, it is worth pointing out that <clears throat> if they if they value this in the same way as they valued um, Pariah Nexus, it's going to be around 350 quid. Yes, but I think we should probably not <laughs> once more go back to the cost of Pariah Nexus. Interestingly, the um, the follow up boxes of the of the separate Necrons and Heavy Intercessors coming out really soon. Are they? Mm, yeah. Yeah. So I watched quite an interesting video by um, Tabletop uh, Minions talking about Pariah Nexus, and I hadn't really put this together. Um, and he makes the same points as I have about um, about the cost, but he made some points that I hadn't thought of. So the the rule book in there isn't being sold separately, and they've not announced that they're intending to sell it separately. And it is currently the only place that you can get the full data sheets set of data sheets for Space Marines and Necrons. Um, so if you're a Space Marine for, um... for for Kill Team, yeah. Oh, for kill team yeah yeah so if you wanted to use a lot like the newer models like assault intercessors in your kill team or the new necron models 
at the moment, the only way to do that is to buy Pariah Nexus. And I, I think that's not a great, I don't think that's great at all. I think they should definitely have had the book separately and had Pariah Nexus as an option. That's, that's, and he, he, he said as much, I think, and I completely agree, completely hmm. agree. But um, yeah, let's not focus on that. So what, this, is, was there any more 40k in the reveal? Um, not not in the reveal, <coughs> no. Um, there, it is worth saying that the pre-orders have gone up and um, that piety and pain is gone already. Has it really? Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's gone. So Drakari Codex is up on pre-order now. And they've got a hell of a combat patrol. Um, yeah, so... I it's um it's really good. I really like it because I think it's nice to see one which is a real core of yeah, but the Dark Army. And there's loads of stuff in there. So good mix two of, of things the floaty to do. Ship things. Yep. Were they ravagers? Well, one is a raider and one is a ravager. Wow. And then you've got you've got five incubi, yep. ten dark elder, and then a dark the, elder lord. The, yeah, the Archon, yeah. The Archon. So that's that's like that's like your army, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's real tempting. I'd, I'd love to get that. Um, it's somewhere in the gap of all this madness because I've still got the Space Marines to do. Um, yeah. But yeah, really like that. Um, really like that a lot. Um, oh, I thought they said something really silly on the stream today. I was really disappointed. So somebody, and I can see why, because it gets boring, but somebody had put in the comments, like, what about the Xenos armies? Because obviously everyone's, and they were like, well, the Drakari has just come out today. But like, I do think that misses the point a bit, which is they're talking about models, new models, you know, rather than just a re-release of, the, of an army. So you did get Lilith Hesperus. I think ultimately it's 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 chicken and egg isn't it i suppose because the stuff that sells really well sells really well partly because it gets loads of cool stuff but i th- i think there's loads of love coming along for loads of things and you, we'll just see it, i mean we we are going to get orcs riding boars so yeah that's about to say all right orcs riding squigs so it's coming it's coming so yeah um interestingly so plague purge which is the crusade mission pack that's up as well but also the war zone is it caradon or charadon charadon yeah yeah (sighs) this is another this is one of those where i'm like i really would like it but you know it's the beginning of a collection so yeah the book of rust (laughs) it's called are you getting that i'm a sucker for books dude you are getting it aren't you I'm a sucker for books. Yeah, I can't help it. I only I only flick through most of them. Yeah, me at, too. Look at the pretty pictures, and I'm really disappointed. <laughs> I, well, I say I'm really disappointed. I didn't get the Xenos book. No, I no, reading. I have I have read that, and that is flipping brilliant. Yeah, it, it looks really good. It looked really good, and it's sold out now, which is such a shame. But I knew that that was on the cards. So you can always come up and hang out here and and read. Yeah, my well, copy. when Boris lets me. <laughs> I I I got a te- I got a, an email uh like a, a summer email that they send around asking about sort of estimated return to work dates for various people yep. um and I've got got a a member of my team that's shielding and um I got an email saying oh you know when so and so coming back to work and I just responded with well you'll have to ask Boris I'm afraid Good for you. Don't know. 
<laughs> Although we do know now, um, mm. which is good. But anyway, yeah. So so lots of cool stuff going on in the galaxy of war. Yeah. Yes, there is. I think that's us. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Cool. Right. To the mortal realm. Hi, guys, and welcome to the mortal realms. And it's a bit spooky in the mortal realms this time around. Um, one of the, the last things that uh, the Games Workshop made, probably a couple of months before I left the company, was the Blood Knights. <laughs> and do you know what? Unsurprisingly, when they released them as a 50 quid metal box set, I really struggled to sell them. <laughs> However, they have now announced that they are releasing a new set of plastic Blood Knights and I don't think they're going to have any trouble selling these now. They are no, mag- no. magnificent, absolutely wondrous. They've got a real, like, haughty high elf vibe to them, I think. Yeah. Real, like, nobility. Um, and I think, and I might, I'll be happy to be corrected, but I think they win the award for the biggest banner going. <laughs> It's a big banner. It's an it amazing massive. banner. Yeah. Isn't it? They look so sinister. Yeah. So, so sinister. That one of the things I quite like about them is they've been Games Workshop have been doing a lot of like real fast moving, dynamic looking cavalry, like they're on full tilt. These guys do not. These guys look like they're just kind of waiting on the hill for the right moment and then they're going to come in and ruin you ruin your uh yeah they yeah yeah i get what you mean yeah definitely yeah they're kind of like the you can almost see them coming over the hill in the middle of the battle and just sort of being on the hill silhouetted and you're like what are they going to do what are they going to do and then in the final you know act three (laughs) and just destroy whatever they fancy i think they'll fit real nice alongside the black knights actually yes um which is good which is good. So that that sort of range will stay alive, which is great. And it's um it's a whole battle team as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're kind of expecting that because there's been a lot of um, there has been a lot of releases of the vampirish releases, hasn't there? So, um, what I'm what I didn't get because I didn't watch the preview. And I was going to ask you. So the the new skeletons, the death rattle skeletons, um. Are they replacing the current skeletons kits? Um, I didn't hear. I, I, I sort of, I was um, watching it on my phone in mm. and out of doing some other stuff. So um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, these have got definitely a more martial look to them. And they are obviously hearkening to the ones in, in the new Warhammer Quest box. Interestingly, they've only shown six so far. Um, and they look like the sort of models that are quite monopose. Yeah. Um, lovely, like really nice. I just wonder how big that, you know, how many you're going to get. They are, um, you know, it does say that they are absolutely like dead warriors risen to life as opposed to just 
random lending the martial that... might of fallen heroes yeah the vampires trade ambitions i i I, I don't know. I, so I really, I kind of like. I lo- no, I don't kind of like. I like the new, the current skeletons. Yeah, I do. And I think, and I think they stand up. I don't think there's any reason to replace them, and I'd much prefer them to keep the ones they've got and add a new box. In fact, I really hope that that's what they do. Yeah, because um, the ones they've got, I think, make good representations of just the dead risen again. As opposed to this has got more of a terracotta army type feel yeah. going on. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. They're lush. They're, I love the one with the spear. Love the one with the spear. Yeah. They've even, they've even got armour on their legs. I mean, these guys were, would have been fairly heavy duty units when they were in full... Um, they're more akin to Graveguard, aren't they, then? Yeah. Than Joe Boggs the Skeleton, I think. Yeah. Um. I really like the zombies. Yeah. There's one with an axe in the side of his head, which is fantastic. Yeah. They've got the roots growing through them, which is something we saw in the other ones, but that, you know, it's really nice. Um, I really like, there's one leaning on a spade. Yeah. That's just excellent. Contrast will be your friend. There's a classic scythe one. I think that's Ace. More of these weird dudes with their... Something stuck through their backs. Yeah, yeah. There's one in shackles there. To be honest, I'd be... I think with some of those ones with the things through their backs, I'd be half inclined to cut that away. Yeah. And just have them sort of stumbling, leaning over. Uh, do you know what I would do? I would cut that away, have them stumbling, but put, like, dirt and a couple of tufts on their back. Yeah. If you didn't like them, because I think I, I, I'm kind of... I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence. I've got to be honest with They look a bit like they're on the fence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stabbed through with the fence. I mean, the, the roots, I love the roots because yeah. if they've been underground for a while, they're going to have picked up some form of fauna, aren't they? <laughs> so, but yeah, I think they're great. And let's face it, it's about time we heard new zombies. Yeah. And also, there's a great opportunity for the typical sort of joke where, because you've got one there in like a red dress with a sort of a an axy cleaver thing. Yeah. So you know, you can clearly go along with the whole. I've saw that once on a night out down in Plymouth. <laughs> Mister Jolly. <laughs> I've seen most of them back out on a night out. An A and E. Yeah, I was going to say an A and E. Yeah, I think I've seen all of these characters at one point. <laughs> Even the guy carrying his tombstone on his back. Yeah. I've definitely seen someone with something sticking out of their head. Right, I think. Oh, I'm kind of tempted to say these are my favourite. The bats. They're brilliant, aren't they? They're stunning. They're big. They're massive. You could kind of ride them if you were a grot. <laughs> yeah, you could. I'm sure. I was it. I don't know if it was you, but I've had a conversation with someone in the last sort of month or so where we were talking about how the bats. They needed to redo the bats. It was us on the podcast. Yeah, it, and they have. <laughs> yeah, which is ace. They're good, aren't they? They're good. You'd be quite cool to have them as kind of just sort of space fillers in a in a night lord's army as well 
Yeah. Like they're, they're big enough. You can imagine them sort of, you can imagine the chaos spacemen is breeding like preposterously oversized bats just to scare people. Really cool. Now, it does say there, Kritzer the Rat Prince isn't the only vampire setting forth in search of victims. Stay tuned to Warhammer Community to find out more. So it sounds like we might have some more to see yet. Yeah, and I'm I'm completely convinced that <clears throat> that there's going to be crossover units between this book and a new Death Rattle book. Yeah? Or slash, yeah, slash Armies of Nagash or whatever it's called. Yeah. With that um, Lord that we saw in the last big preview. These new Death Rattle infantry that you know the guy mounted on the horse he's here where is he so right up to the soul blight grave your lord's video oh there he is yeah oh yeah well, well that's a shame i was kind of hoping we get a separate book for him nope he's coming in on these guys oh it looks a bit quite excited to see what this the realms will quake is going to be dan was saying apparently the name um of the guy is this is the guy that's like sleeping under the beast grave mountain or something oh yeah so yeah apparently so um that's another so that's number four now because so techless is going on pre-order next weekend yeah um and then we've we've got, yeah and then we've got bellacor Oh, it's better call getting a book, is he? Yeah. Of course he's getting a book. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Kragnos, this one. Broken Realms, Realms Kragnos. Do you reckon we'll get a model for Kragnos? Well, I would have thought. Well, I don't know. He's a god. It says he's a god, which doesn't mean no, to be fair. It is the Mortal Realms. I don't know why I said that. So so is Marathi. And yeah, exactly. so is Teclas. So. Yeah. Yeah. And Alariel. Kragnos. Are we going to see like a, a a really cool, like um, like a god figure to draw together the destruction armies? Then, like we were talking about the other week, that would be amazing. That's exactly what I said we needed. Yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah, so that's gonna be cool. And of course, not to forget, we had the uh, seventh. No, sixth warband for was it sixth warband for Underworlds? Sorry to go back to Kragnos. Actually, looking at the picture, I think that he's more likely to be Kanathi or whatever they're called. See, I thought that looked like a beastman centigore. Kanathi? No, no, no. Look at look at the um. Look at uh, can you? No, you can't. Well, I've got it in front of me, mate. So. You'd... I think he looks more like a Kanothi. That's my thought. I'll be interested. I can't wait for that now. That's going to be cool. Kanothi Lord would be quite... Then we'd have another range. Well, they are linked in with that whole setting. They are. There. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, We can see that. Hmm. Imagine a whole Kanothi army. I mean, it's not like there's enough armies in ages. <laughs> mm. There's one for everybody now, isn't there? Yeah. 
absolutely brilliant right yeah sorry to interrupt but you're yes once again the gift that keeps on giving has given us another gift canaan's reapers underworlds oh my good god i I, he's huge he's monstrous i thought the bone reapers were cool i thought they were great i thought it was a nice addition to the sort of undead that there was like these like properly like forged warrior units i liked all that but i never thought i had any interest in ever buying and painting any and then they released him <laughs> it's like i i need that model i need that model immediately he's just brilliant <laughs> and i love the color of his bones like that like dark real dark almost almost dryad bark mixed with black kind of colour. Yeah. Really cool. I thought he was amazing when I thought he was on a 32mm base. And now I realise he's not. And he's even bigger. He's even more amazing. Yeah. The others are good good too. Yeah. Not as good. I like the swordsman. But he is standout. Absolutely superb. That axe is just hideous, isn't it? Yeah. There's some weapons where when you see it, like if somebody could wield an axe that size without any without any trouble, without slowing down, without having to pull their blows or anything, you'd be terrified. Frankly, <laughs> you wouldn't want to go anywhere near it. No. <laughs> no, you aren't. Yeah, fantastic. That was a great review, preview, wasn't it? Yeah, really nice mix. It's funny because the other day we were saying that we quite liked um we quite liked it when they did pre when they did like a preview with just Age of Sigma. But actually I'm quite liking this mix preview. Yeah. Me too. Needs Very more good. Battlefleet Gothic, but apart from that, excellent. I, you know, I really don't think um, Battlefleet Gothic is far off. No, I know you don't. I can feel (laughs) it in my waters. (laughs) (laughs) Really don't. It's going to happen. Oh, shall we scoot on over to the community? Yes, we should. Yeah. glorious community 65 times i've done that now actually probably more than that the times i've done it and then either lost the file or had to re-record it for some reason it's um it's it's episode 66 is it yeah (laughs) well i'm not re-recording it because it's too good (laughs) all right and i did say 66 honestly no one rewind it. <laughs> so, do you know, it's funny. I looked, I glanced at you then, and I, and I know you've put the background on, which is from the Nostramo. And behind you is the table with all the gubbins on. But I glanced up and it looked for a moment there, it looked like a gaming table. I thought it was like little silos and stuff. So that would be cool. Um, so, shout outs, Instagram. Yes. So I've got a few to shout out. Um Number one, we shout this chap out loads, but 
I, I, I think he deserves it. Requiem 82. Its tag is Requiem underscore 82. One of my favourite kit bashers um, on Instagram has kit bashed that uh, that sergeant dude. I never remember his name. He was a school is a store anniversary model or store. Oh yeah, yeah, the chainsaw or something or a sort something yeah, in New York. And head. Yeah, and he's got a stand in there with his hand on his knee, um, with his head, his foot on the orc head. It's just a cracking, cracking sergeant model. I wish, really wish they'd. Um, Really wish they'd done him, like as a standard release. Anyway, he's he's kitbashed him into a a dark angel chaplain, and it's just banging. It's just, mm. it's absolutely brilliant. What would be nice is if he could get that cloak to come forward a bit, just just because the wind direction of the brazier on the top, yeah, and match that with the cloak would have that kind of like real momentum to it but it yeah, does yeah. look ace it does look really ace he's been working on um he's been working on sculpting some 52 scale stuff which um which i think is really cool yeah that is nice really really cool but he he does loads of great stuff there, there's two there's two of his models that i think he calls them the lovers or something carolyn reaver love in a war-torn universe and it's it really loads of green stuff, loads of kit bashing, but it's it's just it's like a couple um standing side by side, and I just think they're brilliant. So mm. absolutely brilliant. Yeah, well, we've spoken about him a lot before, Requiem underscore 882, but you know, I I I think he's a fantastic kit basher. Really, really brilliant. Um, the next one is a chap called Valhallen Guard, which is a member of um the Blood Feud, which is a little collective. Um, of four guys, I think. Um, all of them great-looking hobbyists. There's um, there's a good, one of them's got a great Valhallen army, really nice. Um, but the Valhallen guard is um, he he's primarily does Blood Angels, and he's done some great stuff. Like yeah, he has. The um, one of the more recent things is he's he's done the conversion. I've seen a lot of people do. Uh, where they converted the aggressors into terminators, um, so to make them a different scale, I think it's worked quite well. He's done a great job of it, but I think the thing that sticks out for me with his with his blood angels is he's converted his scouts to have those kind of yeah German like split shoulder poof things that they had. <laughs> In the second edition, I don't remember what you, what you split call them. shoulder poof things. I yeah, love it. They've, they've got a name, haven't they? But you know what I mean, like where they're they're all bunched up and like a big like a poof. But they look they look great on scouts. Um, he's done a, a, like a superb. I think he's, I think it's Dante where he's got the wings. Oh no, he's called him Captain Sendini. Really good with like these great great big angel pinions yeah so it's one of the best things there's a really nice if you go down there's a chaplain where he's got yeah. like the old chaplain and then his new chaplain all right can you see oh, that yeah really cool isn't it yeah yeah i think it's one of the best um blood angel armies i've seen yeah 
I, I like know. it because it's kind of strange in as much as it's 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 vibrant and dark and grim. <laughs> I don't know how he's done it. It's like yeah, I really like it. Not dissimilar, to be fair, to your Space Wolves in as much as you've got that grittiness, but you've also got the pop factor. Yeah, that's what I try to go for, is to keep the vibe, keep the colour, keep the kind of technical aspects, but but have a sort of realistic, grim, grimmier feel, grimier feel to them. Yeah, I really like these. I've scrolled through them a lot. Mm. Um, in fact, I think he might be the responsible for the Valhallans as well. <laughs> anyway, um, he, he's that's Jack Newton um, or Valhallan Guard. Um, and they're a member of the Blood Feud, if you want to see all of them are Instagram handles. Um, right, so who's next? Wait for the mighty Wurlitzer to open itself up. Um, yeah, my last one is is one of our listeners who um, hangs out in our hobby forum as well. And he's been converting a Unarii. Unarii? Is that spelled, pronounced right? Yeah, I think so. In, yeah. Elder Army for... Well, since I think we've been doing the podcast, actually. Yeah. <laughs> he, started with, he started with Space Marines, didn't he? Anyway... Um, he has got a, a, just a genuinely fantastic Eldar army. He's done some superb con- conversions. We've we've shouted him out before, but really, I just love to just get, draw atten- people's attention to him again. So there's things like one of my favourite ones is this. Uh, it's a wraith lord cradling an injured Eldar in his arm um, while it's knelt down, and it's. It's just so evocative. It's really, really great. And he's got this mix in the army of the of the different sort of cultures involved. So, for example, you've got that that uh, Wraith Lord cradling his dead companion. Then you've got um, the the more Drew, Drukari um, aspect, where they've got this poor dude strapped to the front of a of a reaver or a ravager or whatever they're called it's like a slave dude slapped to the front of one of the ships with all blood trailing <laughs> off of him so it, it goes from like um it goes from like the like the almost hauntingly beautiful to the to the proper grim dark <laughs> so yeah great and if you know because every good account needs one um there's a there's a photo of food he's made some cinnamon buns on there which is top notch content. You know, I, I um I was just checking out while you were chatting there the name for those um those shoulder thing, those arm that costume. Yeah. And it and it does literally just describe them as um a shirt with puffed arms. <laughs> which is what you said. <laughs> so I yeah. love it. Um and th- yeah, that's that's um that's my shout outs. That's my shout outs for the week. Um, so I um I get to march into the uh, the hobby forum. Now, um, I know I do this from time to time. I think most people that listen to us for a while will have heard this all before, but I do apologize. I haven't been very uh active. Uh it's been bloody tough lately, not gonna lie. 
Uh, and one of the themes of the podcast has been about, you know, hobbing around life. And life has been long. <laughs> it's getting very, very difficult to get things done. And even it sounds ridiculous, but even just finding the time just to flick through Facebook is. Yeah, spending a lot of time asleep or working or herding the children. I know that because I send you a message and it takes the best part of three hours to get a response out of you. Yeah. At the moment, it normally takes like 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. If you're very lucky, I'm sat next to my phone and I see it come up and I'm not like immediately doing something or, you know, watching cats with Hannah. Obsessed with watching cats. Although I did manage to get that video of her today going, uh, all right, my my lover. <laughs> that was funny. But anyway, um, back I do enjoy to the... sending Hannah videos of my cats. She loves the cats. She loves the cats. She even we've got a cat that comes and just sits in the garden. She calls it my cat because my cat's in the garden. Dad. I was like, I, I have no idea whose cat that is, Hannah. <laughs> just put some food out. There's a superb. No, because a... I don't want them in my garden because they defecate, <laughs> and it's not very nice. <laughs> There's a superb video online of a cat who has clearly nicked someone else's um, shopping and is running through the back gardens back to his house with a with a packet of dreamy treats in its mouth and it's just trotting along like yeah look what i found <laughs> so good they <laughs> had no idea where they came from but the owner's like have you nicked that from someone's shopping Right, so the first thing I want to shout out, right, is um, I'm going to give you a chance to answer this now. So John has asked, on a recent episode, there was a discussion about using certain grey paints to paint, to paint black hair and make it stand out from black armour. Which paints was it? Do you remember? Oh, crikey. No, but what I, I, I can I can re, rehash it. I, I tend to use more browny natural colours with hair than I do the bluey blacky colours. Because even when you have real black hair, it's still actually brown. I know that sounds ludicrous, but it is still actually brown. Um, and so I tend to use something like Skaven, um, Skaven Bright. Um, dinge or the other one those uh, colors storm vermin first storm Skaven, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, and they're then right. and then probably highlight that up and then wash it back with a black like null oil that's that's 10 i tend to do that um rather than go for like the the bluey the colder blacks does that i hope that helps john sorry if i missed that question on the it's all right. We've dealt with it now in a really personal podcast way. So there we go. And John's um, a lad. And John's a lad. So that's good. So um, moving on, the competition. Again, another example of me and my complete lack of organisation sorting my stuff out. We're being very busy. <laughs> so Ben jumped in. Thank you, Ben. Um, so uh, the vote was quite clearly swung for um, Simon Andrews. With his rather nice uh, Warhammer quest, it, I think it's the Necromancer expansion. I think, but I think he sort of sculpted it and he did, did it. loads. He basically he did loads to it, didn't he? Right. It's so nice. I'm loving that project. It's I'm loving that project. It's brilliant, isn't it? Hmm. It is brilliant. It's so, one of my favourite things on the internet. 
Um, yeah. I don't know what his Instagram handle is. Simon, but his name is Simon Andrews. Yeah. Unless um, if I can type it in, and I, while you're doing the others, I'll find it out. Yeah. But lots of lovely things, actually. Lots of lovely things in there. So thank you for that, guys, because um, I do love looking at them. Keeps me sane. Ian Craig, you get a shout out every other episode because you do awesome stuff all the time on here. So thank you for that. I'm loving the corridor. Really like them. And the, um, and the, uh, what are they called? Enforcers. Um, and I know you said you've knocked out an Escher gang. I'm sorry, I saw that somewhere as well. So I don't know how you do it, man. You're just like a machine, but it's good work. Um, next month's competition, incidentally, is any model. Mm-hmm. which you can have painted in February or March, can't you? Yeah, only because we took so long to um, uh, to, to put it up. But yeah, I, like I agree. Said, we did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, goodness. I, I, I don't even know what to say to James Cheese, right, for doing all that white armour madness. I think we'll just move on. <laughs> I can't wait to see it, dude. It's looking nice. Um, more boats, which are ace. What did I see earlier that I wanted to? Oh, that's right. Matt Bramley has popped up a picture of his newly configured hobby space. I love seeing these pictures of people's hobby space. Um, so more of that, please, because I just find it really interesting. Um, I know I'm really lucky to have a space, but but what I really like about this is it appears to be in the corner of like the living room area because uh, there's yeah. some chairs and stuff and that is one thing that i do miss sometimes like it would be nice just to be able to sit and paint with harriet with me but the room's not really big enough for that and i picking up everything and taking it downstairs a bit of a hassle and the lighting that's my own fault because i've got used over the years to painting in a very bright environment um and it, and then I find that if it's not like neon, I really struggle. Um, I think that's that's probably to do with your getting old. Yeah, well, that too. I'm not getting old. <laughs> Shush. But enough of that. I am. I'm getting so old. <laughs> I keep seeing things, and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so um, today, yesterday, I kid you not. I went to see uh, one of my postmen, right? Oh, well, there was two of them there, actually, when I got there. But they... anyway, I went to see them. I parked my car, walked over, had a conversation I wanted to have, said bye, and promptly walked in completely the wrong direction to go back to my car. Got partway up the road and was like, oh, my car's the other way. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> what's going on so anyway um this this has got very crazy this uh, but i i do like the hobby section the hobby stuff so please my, i love more pictures of that that i really like david's just, bloody snake people are just yeah they're really nice um simon's instagram account is srb art minis all, all without any um, punctuation SRB art minis so I wanted to finish that's the Warhammer quest guy oh yeah that's ace. I wanted to finish the Warhammer, the community section with a bit of a shout out because we are doing 
Um, we're going to be painting up some scenery that's going to be... It's going to be a lot of scenery. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be auctioned off in support of Calm. Yeah. Which is the campaign against living miserably. Yeah. So a fantastic cause. Um, now, Ben, you were trying to enlighten me and I was trying to remember what you were saying. So I know Bobby Clark's put something up about it. Yeah, so it's it's the whole event is called 40 Hours of 40K. Um, and it's run by a chap called Andrew, and you can find that that on Instagram and I think Twitter and Facebook. Uh, and the idea is that uh, over a weekend at some point in the uh, in the future, and we'll I'll give you we'll we'll obviously talk about it a lot as we get closer to it. There's a whole weekend sort of where there's fundraising for this charity. All right, so um, it's, it's forty hours of, of forty k, all one word on Instagram, um, and there's this there's a similar thing on Facebook. The chap who runs it is a Warhammer hero called Andrew Weller, um, and we will be getting them on the podcast at some point, and maybe even having um, like a special podcast for the event. Um, but what we're going to be doing in the meantime is we're going to be painting a board's worth of Warhammer 40k scenery and a board's worth of Age of Sigma scenery. Um, and if we can, if we can source a battle mat to go with each of one of those as well. We'll, we'll try to do that. Um, but we, we wanted have... to shout out Curtain Games. Yes. They, they have provided the scenery. the scenery free. Absolute legend. Which is incredible. So it's important to remember, like, here as well. So Curtain Games is a wargaming store that generates the majority of its income through events that cannot currently happen and yet it has still donated two tables worth two tables worth of terrain that is just superb and and absolutely deserving of people's support so thank you very much (laughs) to those guys and i absolutely when this flipping madness has gone away we are going down to some of them events yeah yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. and we hope we do it we hope we do it justice we kind of feel that we're going to be able to do a, a good job the the plan is currently we're going to aim for a sort of graveyardy broken city cursed city look for the age of sigma terrain set to go with the cursed city box set um 40k terrain um, it's the, the core of it is going to be the Vertigus box set. Not quite sure what, what I'm going to do with that. Dan's going to be painting the Age of Sigma stuff and I'll be painting the 40k stuff. But um, yeah, so if we can get hold of some battle mats, that'll be awesome because then we will be auctioning off a whole board with, with, a, with a battle mat. Um, but it's just, it's going to be a huge lump of scenery. Huge lump of scenery. I know I'd absolutely love to win <laughs> <laughs> just here's a ready done table of scenery i'd love to win that i think it's going to be hard for me to give it over <laughs> so i haven't got a fully painted scenery table painted up. yeah i know oh sorry one last community shout out 
Ben, the bass chambers has just finished his, apart from the basses, ironically, because um, they are coming from micro art studio. He's just finished his Achillean guard. They're incredible. <laughs> so good. Those, yeah, that yellow. Oh, like a mustardy yellow. Oh, it's wonderful, isn't it? With salamander spots. Yeah, it's great. It's great. So with anyway. the um, with the 40, 40 hours of forty k, we will we will start building up messages and posts on our Facebook page, and whatever support you can lend them would be um, be much appreciated. Absolutely. If it all goes well and lockdown doesn't happen, our plan is to get together for the forty hours of forty k, and um, and hobby for the weekend, and and do a kind of maybe even a stream for it we're not sure yet but it does entirely depend on two things one that i finished my hobby space so that there's a room big enough for us to do it in uh, and and two that um covid restrictions are, allow us to do that mm. which mm. we cannot promise anything no and with that thank you community for being awesome uh, we are going to go into the into wilds Hi guys and welcome to the wild. Dun dun dun. Got a fair bit to talk about this week. Um, we have, which is nice. I'm yeah, going to so start. Dan's going to start. He's going to start by talking about tanks. By talking over you. If if I could, if I could, like, if there was a short list of five things that I reckon you would talk about to anybody, to a stranger, tanks would be on that short list. Yeah, I love tanks. <laughs> <laughs> for those that don't know um and i've got this far well done so um when i still live down in plymouth um one of my closest friends and and i set up a gaming club and um when i was still at school and and then it moved into a pub and it grew and it's still there now and he does a fantastic job of running it and it is really superb and um but we used to just spend loads of time together and do loads of hobby stuff together. And one of the things Amp was really big into um, World War II um, history. Um, and I, I, I wasn't particularly, if I'm honest. And then one day he took me to Bovington Tanks Museum. <laughs> Around four months later, we purchased a Fox. I purchased a Fox armoured car. <laughs> which when you look it up, is 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 a tank with wheels in 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 all respects. So sadly, I don't have it anymore because, much like many things I've done over the years, it was an impulse that I could in no way maintain nor afford. But it was fun third time. Um, so I love tanks, uh, but I've never really delved into historical gaming, particularly or, or indeed World War Two gaming, even though I've been really interested. So I decided this year. I wanted to do something, even if I just paint one tank, I want to do something historical based. And Tom um, is is really interested in it as well. And so we've been looking at what Tom we the tank. do. Tom the tank. Tom the tank. Yeah. So 
we're kind of torn because you've got Pendraken who do a 10 millimeter range, really comprehensive, um, lovely company, little UK based company, just bought a new premises, um, doing really well, do, do great range, 10 mil ranges across loads of stuff. Um, and when I say they're a great company, I was on the Blitzkrieg Commander, which is their rule set, um, Facebook, asking about what people thought about the different scales. And the owner, Leon, came on and told me he'd send me some samples for free. I didn't have to even have to pay the postage. And he sent me um, a little sample of Imperial Romans, a little sample of um, Napoleonics, because these were all the things I'd mentioned I was interested in, and a, a sample of some um, World War II stuff, including a Bren carrier um, and a few little troopers and stuff. So really, I mean, that is flipping awesome, isn't it? That's incredible. You know, and he didn't send that because, well, not, not that I'm suggesting we would attract such attention, but he didn't, he, he, he had no idea I was anything to do with the two piece with a podcast or any social media. I was just bloke A in the K in, in the thing. So that is just awesome. Um, so that's sort of in the one camp. And then you've got bolt action, which is the 28 mil, a bit bigger, mm. different type of game, really. Um, but really nice models, very easily accessible as well. Warlord games, good quality stuff. Very similar to a kind of like a uh, Games Workshop-esque, you know, everything's on the website, paint yeah. guides, etc. And then in the middle, you've got 15 mil, which is Flames of War. Um, and I really like 15 mil scale. I think it's a great scale because it gives you tanks that have some presence, but the infantry is small enough that it really can benefit from some speedy painting. Um, but uh, probably because of all the madness at the moment, Flames of War stuff's not really easily accessible in the UK right now because it's it's uh, from New Zealand, I think. Is it? I did not know that. Yeah, Battlefront Miniatures is New Zealand. I'm sure it's New Zealand. New Zealand or Australia, but I think it's New Zealand. Um, and... Uh, no interest at all in their they do a, a team yankee world war three stuff not not interested in that particularly but i love their 15 mil stuff i think it's really nice and their starter set is incredible it's like well if you shop around a bit you can get it for 32 quid and it's got like a little german army and a little american army in it mm. 32 quid <laughs> and again they've got this kind of games workshop styly i i guess there's an awful lot of books and literature for that one um, with different campaigns and rules in. Uh, and, it, and it's obviously Flames of War is its own rule set. Um, so it's just trying to decide um, which, what which to, do, to do, really. Yeah. Uh, and it's really tough because I'll, uh, you know, I'll think I've absolutely made the decision. Like before we started talking tonight, I was totally in the camp of Flames of War. Good price. Have a go. I've just literally had that conversation. And just talking about Pendraken makes me think, no, you know what? Really want to support those guys. Do 10 mil. And do 10 mil. So. It's tough, it's, isn't it? It's really hard. It's really hard to decide. I've always um, felt like about bolt action. 
Yeah. I'm, I am a fan of 28 mil scales. I always have been, always will be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I also like 28 mil scale. But I like lots of, I like little scales as well. So I don't know. It's really hard. It's really hard to decide. Um, but you bought a uh, how to paint um, World War Two stuff book, didn't you? Yeah, so I bought that was good actually. That's from Battlefront. So this is based on fifteen mil, um, but obviously, you know, you you can use that. You can extrapolate to use a big word. Is it the is it the uniform guides and stuff like that? Yeah, so it's called Colors of War. It's their yeah. second series of Colors of War, so it includes guides for the World War Three Team Yankee game as well. Um, it's also they've done a deal in the last year or two with Vallejo to do all their paints. Yeah. So it uses all of that as an up-to-date paint system, which is why I was looking at the conversion charts. Vallejo are great when it comes to historical painting, though, because they actually they produce colours specifically for historical painting. Yeah. So they will have, like, um, you know, a, a, an olive drab that is designed to be the olive drab of the american infantry for example yeah um, and and so vallejo have got m- such oh, massive ranges massive mm. ranges so they've got vallejo model color which is the the sort of more historical colors the more muted tones as opposed to game color which is more fantastical both of them have an air equivalent yeah which is just incredible but just to give you an idea of the sort of depth in this book so if you look at just the british forces so the different sort of titles of the sections you've got uh so you've got under british armor you've got a vehicle color timeline eighth army desert armor desert sand camouflage mid-war armored squadron tank markings british service color mid-war churchill tank markings love the churchill by the way British late war armor, late war tank markings. And then in infantry, you've got infantry in the desert, late war infantry, British battle dress and paratroopers. So you've got a nice mix in there. Um, Yeah. Oh, and then when I was out the other day, I went into, um, I went to garden center with Harriet. Um, And, uh, Garden centers always have these book sections where books are like stupidly pro- like cheap. They've got yeah, these they big do. stickers on, don't they? Yeah. And there's often like trains and uh, yeah. war stuff. It's and they to sell it to the to uh, the 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 blokes who are hanging around. Who yeah. Aren't, who aren't the gardeners? And there's always a section of stuff for the girls who are going around with their blokes, and the girls aren't the gardeners. Yeah, yeah, get, there is. Yeah, to, yeah, it's like a section. Well, it got me. It got me. There was a Haynes manual done as a done sort of under the Haynes manual banner in conjunction with the tank museum for the Mark IV British Mark IV World War One tank. So that came home. <laughs> I was going to say, I bet that came home. That yeah. came home. Well, it did. It was twenty three pounds down to six quid. I was like, well, that ain't staying on their shelf, is it? That's really interesting because that's like the very, very early development of the tank. And it's really, you can't, this is, I'm not going off on a tangent now, but you, 
Uh, the thing I love about the Industrial Re Revolution, which is my favourite period of history, which is obviously a bit before the development of the tank, but it, it equally applies to this sort of thing, is you, you're talking about things that, like, prior to it, they, they'd never seen anything like it, mm. and it kind of come out of someone's brain. It's like when, and this now we're off now, Richard Trevivik, when he invented the high-pressure steam engine, Yep. and drove it down a road you people you must have been get in the mindset of like yeah. how flipping insane that was you know there weren't really there was sort of roads for the stagecoaches but they weren't great but you imagine you've only ever seen wheeled contraptions being either pushed by a person or pulled by an animal mm. and then one goes down past you with neither of those things yeah that's just insane not to mention the best bit that they were so overjoyed by this experience that they parked it up outside a pub went in got drunk and it exploded because it ran out of water but <laughs> that's just brilliant but but yeah anyway i've gone off on a tangent about some other stuff now but there's loads of periods of history which i find those moments would have been could you imagine being i, I want to say the word barbarians but i don't i don't like the term barbarian in in a historical sense because they're all often very highly sophisticated cultures but imagine being a less technologically advanced culture coming across the romans for the first time when they were wearing the you know the 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 slatted steel plate armor mm. you know men covered in steel yeah. They'd have been like, what in the actual are we fighting? Are they even human? Yeah. <laughs> it was it's, those moments in history it must have been incredible to mind you. I one of the things that is, is quite shocking about the modern world is that we 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 have things happen technologically that is so incredible, so such massive leaps of technology, and people just people just don't even lift their heads up from their table. But for example, SpaceX launching a rocket and then landing a rocket. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's such a massive leap in space technology. I could I I've watched that video about 15 times because if you went back to 1968 and showed them that video, they'd probably choke on their coffee. Yeah. They wouldn't believe it was possible. And most of the people on, on this planet have not even registered that that happened <laughs> no no it was go. pretty epic to be fair so yeah so yeah in summary i don't know what to do but it's going to involve tanks but it's going to involve tanks and it's going to involve world war ii yeah good i like the flames of war idea personally because of the box set um but i also think that the pendraken 10 mil sounds like a like that's almost the probably the best customer service I've heard from a, apart from maybe war bases. Yeah, from a war gaming company. Yeah, yeah, and that, and I, you know, you just want to, you just want to reward it, don't you? War bases selling a piece of a German um, sentry box for one penny. For the for the lockdown half term as a thing to do with your kids. I'll never forget that. No, I know. 
Well, and also they um they did a thing where um they if you needed a bases. few bases yeah. just to finish off a project over lockdown. And as long as you weren't taking the mic, they'd send them you for free. Yeah, they sent you they sent you a few bases out, up to like 25 MDF bases for free. I mean, that's just brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. It's awesome. It is. It's really. So, um, yeah, I've got one or two things to talk about. Nothing quite as exciting as starting a whole new whole new sphere of war. If anyone has any suggestions, thoughts, whatever, then please tell me. So I, um, I picked up some really nice models from Black Scorpion. Mm. So they do 32 mil range. One of the things I'm sort of doing um, at the moment is, is looking at sort of little figures um, to, to create a sort of collection of, um, of kind of role-playing models. Um, and uh, one of the things I've always quite fancied is is a good solid unit of of like um, medieval kind of guardsmen to sort mm-hmm. of be like town guards or something. And uh, th- they've released a bunch of guys. Um, I don't know what they've actually called them. A men at arms um, in their range, the Brennan Moor range, um, men at arms and a noble. And uh, the noble is very kind of Norman-esque. And uh, they're just great. They're really great. Very historical, but... um, They look fantastic. I love them. They're really, really good. Really chuffed with them to add us like a minute arms. And, of course, they came up on Instagram and I jumped over and had a look. But looking through their um, Brennan Moore range, there's some really, really cool models for... um, that you could use for like thugs or mercenaries. So there's actually a set called Mercenaries One, uh, Mercenaries Two, um, and then there's the City Guard as well, which I'm not so much of a fan of, um, but they're nice nonetheless. There's great units of halfling warriors, <laughs> really, really nice. Um, there's a halfling right king. I uh, know there's a king riding a toad, a giant toad. A halfling king riding a toad. And I think it's, I don't know, I think it's a king or a halfling king. I think it might just be a king, actually. It's ludicrous. <laughs> Riding Madness. a toad. I love it. Riding a toad. Um, anyway, they're great. And there's a dwarf on a snail. That's that's pretty insane. But um, it, just for, like, role-playing models, I thought they were fantastic. I love um, the idea that a dwarf would mount himself on something that would potentially make him even slower. <laughs> There's a goblin on a tortoise. Quite mad. Anyway, um, really reasonably priced as well. So the, the nobleman was £4.50 and the uh, and the four um four guard were uh were nine pound fifty, um, which I thought was really reasonable. And they're they're really good quality, Dad. Really nice quality. They're like resin. Yeah, so I've had a few. Um, I don't know where one. I, just, I don't even know what I did with it. Actually, I might have even. 
a lot of the stuff that sometimes I don't know what I've done with, I've sent to you. Yeah. Um, but I had like a chef. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I've got him. Yeah. You did send him to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I had him and then um, some other dude. But I also got way back in the midst of time an elf blood bowl team that they did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, I, they, I used to see them because I went, I tell you what, anyone that's not done this, go to like a little, well, not, not too little, an independent show, like yeah. wargaming show. But for me, it's, it's always been Reading and I've been to some big ones. I've been to Salute, but Reading is just a, just a good size, about 70 different traders and they've always been there. And yeah, they just do some great stuff. Really like their stuff. They did some wonderful pirates. Yeah, they do. They do some wonderful pirates. Yeah, and a wonderful um, uh, like it's called Tombstone. Um, yes, Wild West thing. I'm assuming like it's called Tombstone based on the very awesome film Tombstone, um, which is effectively a, a Western film collected up of. Uh, of one-liners and then they tried to form it into a script and largely succeeded <laughs> um yeah it's great right so i'm really chuffed i'm really chuffed with them dan like really really chuffed and um the other thing that i've signed up for is the daybreak miniatures patreon i was quite taken by their dwarves and quite taken by their goblins and their orcs and they've just released the paladins um which is really cool and um I've I bought from uh, Dragonborn Prince. I got them to print me some of their dwarves, and they're 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 very nice. I have to say, resin's a bit brittle. Um, I don't know if that's the thing about three D printing. There's a few things that I've needed to stick back on that broke in the paste, but um, uh, very happy indeed with them. They look um. The 32mm dwarf that I have put together is somewhat big. He's so huge. I love it. He's about the same size as my 32mm guardsman that I've just purchased. So I, <laughs> I'm not really sure what scale they're supposed to be. But nonetheless, they look awesome. Um, and they're, they're, again, they're for like, they're, the ideas for their for role-playing models. I can sort of pick one up and paint one and collect because it's nice isn't it it's nice to have a reason to just get all these like random little bits yeah absolutely absolutely and um yeah absolutely love love role playing um and i've always liked role playing with um with miniatures um the problem is that i also like role playing that um that's quite epic, quite grandiose. So big settings, great big events. So, you know, I've DM'd campaigns where the, the opening scene was a massive battle between um, uh, a guard and like the northern tribes of orcs. And the, the, the players were the survivors of that battle um, who'd been conscripted into it. And um, it, I really wanted to have like an army of like role play yorks and um troopers that weren't that weren't warhammer because if you're playing warhammer fantasy role play i'd totally do that i'd just put the armies on the table and mm. do it but um 
yeah, I've always quite liked that. But you kind of get limited by how long it would take to set up a scene and then put it away again. But nonetheless, having models is cool. I talk about role play. We played the first, we played two sessions of the alien role play, playing through the Chariot of the Gods scenario. Um, really, really loving it. Very, very well constructed set of rules. Really simple. Um, with what I really like is there's a kind of fear mechanic built into how you roll the dice. So if you have a, a attribute, say like for example, um, strength, and you have a skill that you want to perform, say for example, um, heavy machinery, then you'd roll the number of dice that was equivalent to your attribute score and your skill score. So that might be six, for example, in total. And if you get a six, you've completed that action. So the more dice you roll, the more chance you have of rolling a six. And um, the more stressed you get, you add in stress dice. And they also count. So it makes, if you roll a six on it, you succeed in passing your action. However, the stress dice, the, num the number one is a face hugger. And if you roll a one, you have to go roll a panic roll. And the panic roll is everything from um, starts to shake uncontrollably to just goes into a catatonic state and you can't rouse them for like the best part of a week. A week. They're just done. I love the idea that it's, it's basically like you're, as you get stressed, your adrenaline is spiking yeah, so you're more and more likely to do shit, but then you might just go just too far, tip over the edge, and end up a wibbly mess on the floor. It took a while for me to try and convince the players that because they're very much playing like Dungeons and Dragons style. So, oh, I'd like to roll a perception check to see what's in the room. And I'm like, no, you don't want to roll dice because the more you roll dice, <laughs> the more chance you have of um, of getting more and more stressed and. Um, failing things and and then having panic attacks in the campaign setting if you if you roll certain rolls on the panic on the panic dice you can end up with permanent permanent mental health problems so like post-traumatic stress disorder and depression and all sorts um that affect your character as you move forward i really really like that because one of the one of the great things about alien and aliens is that particularly the, the jump between aliens and alien, is how well they handle Ripley's mental health. You know, she she's, she's broken at the start and it takes her some time to pull herself together and they, they allow the film to explore that rather than just assuming that she gets over it. Mm. One of my favourite episodes in Star Trek is, um, is when Picard has had has been assimilated by the Borg. And there's a whole episode dedicated to him going home and getting over it. Yep. It's superb. It's absolutely superb. Back to the vineyard. It almost feels like in the 80s, they had a, they just had a better way of approaching these topics than we do now, like 40 years later, mm -hmm. which I think is really disappointing, actually, um, in some ways. Because I think mental health in aliens is is a it, it, it's almost juxtaposed. You 
most horror films, you just assume that people are okay when they start and then they just get like into a state of terror and then they get killed. And that's the horror <laughs> film. <laughs> Whereas this it allows, you, you know, she she's such an a incredibly brave character because, and such a rich character because she is clearly traumatised by what happened and yet she still keeps pushing forward and doing stuff and getting on with it. Um, and that's what I love about this game is it represents it. The rule set is so clean, so refined, it, and it represents that kind of struggle on the edge where you're just you're just teetering your character on the edge. And it's it's lethal. The rule set is lethal. It's beautiful as well, isn't it? The book is gorgeous, yeah. I still but, sent you those cards, actually. They're on the side next to me. The... Um, there was in in the session that we were playing, Ross was one failed roll away from drifting off into space, and his character was gone. That was the, <laughs> the end of the character goodbye, um, which is quite cool to roll. I think it's I think it's really refreshing to sort of be that close to the edge with it. I do. Anyway, so I really enjoyed that. Um, check out Black Scorpion models. And um, if you get a chance, have a look at Daybreak because whether or not you want to sign up to their Patreon or go through someone like Dragonborn and have them printed, they're very reasonably priced to have printed. They're about the same as a normal box set of models and they're very nice. Um, They're worth having a look at, I think. And that's it. Episode 26. 26? Uh, We've gone backwards now. Episode 66 is is, uh, is done. As always, guys, you can find us on um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, at the Two's B po- Two Peas Podcast. We're floating around on YouTube. If you type in the Two Peas Podcast, you'll find us, but the, the link itself is ludicrous because we haven't got 26,000 followers or whatever you need to actually have a name on YouTube. And um, come chat to us. Let us know what you think. Um, and if you haven't watched the Snyder Cut of Justice League, do it because it's awesome. And we'll see you for episode 67. 